Next on BYU Sports Nation, the man, the myth, the legend, Scott Sterling, a.k.a. Matt Meese, tells us how his face is doing and how the skit came to be. The newest member of the Seattle Storm, Lexi Rydalch, will join us in Studio B, as will men's volleyball assistant coach, Lucas Slave. Plus, Bronson Kafusi slides up to the first round? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, April 18th. Jerem Jordan alongside the ripped Jason Shepard repping baseball today. BYU baseball. That's right. You got to do it, you know? Let's talk about that because BYU, for the first time all year, lost a series. Now they climbed back and won in dramatic fashion on Saturday. Yes. Uh, against at St. Mary's. So they're in a three way tie for first place right now. The mustaches were going to be shaved, right? They lost a series. That was yeah, the premise. Yeah, they were keeping them until they lost a series. They have decided to keep the mustaches. Yes. And I. Do you I'll, love it? I love it. I, for one, am 100% behind it. First and foremost, I did not want to live in a world where assistant coach Trent Pratt's mustache did not exist. I don't remember. Did he? I, he's always had a mustache. No. He grew up for this. No, but he's always had a mustache. Oh, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm, I, see where you're I don't see that. what I'm saying either. I don't either. I'm just playing along. Yeah. Mu- the mustache mafia lives on. I like it too because on a serious note, Mike Littlewood has said that this has been a huge thing for chemistry, right? Yeah. I, th- I think they need the mustaches. Now, do they have to keep the mustaches all year now? If they're going to keep them after this loss. I think that that's, that's part of this year's I team. I think, it, yes, I, I agree that, with that you. Is, that is part of the DNA of this year's team. Yes, and the DNA of this year's team is to fight through some adversity. They lost a series for the first time. It's on now, right? It's on. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how this team bounces back. And they're going to have a couple of days off because they don't play again until Friday. It's actually one of those rare Friday-Saturday uh, doubleheaders. So you're going to play three games like they normally do, but it'll be Friday and Saturday with Saturday having two games against Creighton. So they're going to jump out of conference for this three-game series. Friday night's game will be on BYU TV, 8 Eastern time. as the Cougars, the Batcats get back into action Friday night. So with that in mind, no mustaches here, but with the baseball team, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Top-ranked men's volleyball beat 14th-ranked UC Irvine in three sets Saturday. In the MPSF quarterfinals, we will talk to assistant coach Lucas Slabe coming up about it. Plus uh, Scott Sterling, who is a libero in volleyball as well, I guess. <laughs> ben Patch and Jake Langlois combined for 27 kills in the sweep. The Cougars play Thursday against UC Santa Barbara. They host the MPSF semifinals and finals this week. So 9.30 Eastern, Thursday night, BYU and UCSB on BYU TV. You'll be on the call on that. Absolutely. Very excited. I know you're excited about that one. 21st ranked baseball, as we mentioned, lost on Friday. One on Saturday, losing the series overall in Moraga 2-1. to one. Cougars now tied for the top spot in the WCC with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. All of the teams at 10-5 and five in the conference. You want to finish in the top four, you make the West Coast Conference double elimination tournament auto-bid that way. So... Even if BYU finishes second or third, I don't think it's a huge issue. Well, and here's the other part. BYU is getting into the little bit tougher part of the conference schedule. So are the other teams. Gonzaga is playing its tougher part of the conference schedule, as is St. Mary's. So, you know, I I still have, you know, full confidence that baseball is going to be able to do this. Lots of ball left. Lots of ball. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Bronson Kafusi as a first-round draft pick. What? In his latest mock draft, Kafusi is projected as the 31st pick 
by the Denver Broncos. More on BYU and the pros coming up. Absolutely. And Kyle Collinsworth finished the Portsmouth Invitational, averaging four points, eight rebounds, and two assists. His K&D rounds team finished 2-1. and one. Next up for Collinsworth will be the NBA Draft Combine coming up May 11th in Chicago. And BYU's latest draftee, Lexi Rydolch, will join us coming up on the program as well. With that in mind, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Priority check. With the NFL draft, Thursday the 28th, that's next week, and Bronson Kafusi in the news, and now Jimmer Fredette saying this, that he probably won't be playing in the D-League next year. Dennis Pitta still giving it a go in the league. Austin College just retired. Z- Ziggy Ansah uh, crushing it right now. That brings us to today's early Twitter question. Why or why isn't BYU player success at the next level important to BYU athletics? Now, this is an interesting question because we, I think we debate this every year. Spencer and I have talked about this, so I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Is that BYU uh, has its aims and goals, right? And then there's how you do in the pros. And that weighs in in some way, right, to your program. But where does it matter? Where's the priority for that? Bronco Mendenhall said that football was fifth in his list. So you'd have to think that the, the pro player kind of thing was down a little ways. BYU hasn't produced a ton of uh, draft picks recently in the NFL and NBA, yet are getting guys to that level in the NFL. Uh, but where does it matter? What do, you, what do you think? See, I think it matters. Now, it's not top priority, of course. Pri- but, it's winning. But winning, the, games. winning games is the number one priority for any program. And then at BYU, it's winning a certain way. Exactly. Yeah. But... It is important, in my opinion, for BYU to have not just putting guys at the next level, but once they get there to have success. And I think it's, it's for many reasons, one of which I think it helps recruiting. When you have the ability, and it's regardless of whatever sport, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, when you have the opportunity to go into an athlete's home and say, you know what, not only are you going to be able to play Division One football or basketball, you're going to have an opportunity if you choose to and have the skill set to play at the next level because we've put X, Y, and Z in the pros. Look what they've done when they've made it to the next level. That is a huge thing. Plus, it helps with anti-recruiting because I think we're all aware that there are some teams that will use that against BYU that in the last little while, they have not had the greatest success putting guys in the pros. If I'm Utah, I use it. If and I'm it, Utah State, yes. I use it because Utah State has produced more NFL draft pack picks recently than BYU, and it's, amazingly. And it's not just BYU. This is, this is something that the opposing teams will use against any program. If they feel they have an advantage over another program, they'll use it. Sure. And so there are teams that look at that as, as a way that they can get players away from BYU because they say, hey, look, look what we've done, putting guys in the NFL. Look what BYU's done. They haven't put them in, in the league as much as maybe they used to. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's vital, but I think it's important. Yep. I think that recruiting a certain kind of athlete uh, and then supplementing those with uh, other kinds of athletes is, is what has lended BYU some success. Now, the question becomes for me, can BYU recruit this type of athlete? Because in 2016, BYU doesn't always get the best LDS kids. In the past, that happened at a higher clip, right? Technology has afforded uh, random, you know, everybody the chance to be seen. Stanford steals away some BYU guys, and that's, and that's happened recently. Utah, with the addition of the Pac-12, has 
stolen some would-have-been BYU guys. Some of the legacy kids, why not? But I still think that BYU can recruit the Jamal Williams of the world, the Nick Kurtz of the world, the Yoli Childs of the world, to still get them here. And I'm with you. It helps recruiting. I don't think Kyle Dean comes to the BYU baseball team if he doesn't think he can go to the pros. BYU has five dudes in AA right now on the, on the verge of maybe cracking into the, the majors. BYU basketball feels like they have some NBA talent in the program coming in very soon. The NFL, now, the NFL is an interesting one, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has produced three NFL and NBA draft picks combined, three total, the last five years. That's not a good number, right? Jimmer Fredette was one of those. Ziggy Ansah was one of those. Kyle Van Noy was the other. Only three. I think, I think that if you're BYU and with the NBA, you're hoping to get one every other year, and then the NFL, you want at least one every year. The one thing that I... Th- we talked about how number one priority is winning football games. Well, I think that there's sort of a trickle-down effect when you look at this. If you have guys on your roster that are pro-talent, whether they're football or basketball, if they have the talent to make it in the NFL or the NBA... Or in the case, quite frankly, of what we're seeing with the BYU women's basketball team, talking about Lexi Rodolch making it to the, the WNBA. Two years. They've had, they've had, when you have talent that can play at the next level, that has a trickle-down effect to, I don't know, helping your college team. Yes. When you've got that type of talent, you assume that means then that your team in college is going to be better because your talent level is better. So it, it, one helps the other. It, it's, yeah, totally. It, it makes sense that you're going to play better in college if you have NFL or NBA-type talent on your roster. Can BYU be the program it wants to be without it? That's a question that Spencer and I have debated before. I do not think that BYU can if they don't get better uh, pro talent. Because right now, the, the truth is that the football program is an eight-win program. That's been about the average the last five years. Okay, Get the nine last year, you had 10 in 2011, but there are three eight-win years. Basketball, you're a 25-win a year, which is fantastic program that doesn't win the conference title that is bubblicious. Okay, that's where the, they sit. I think that with the we're going to see it with hoops. The talent influx is going to change things. With football, we feel like Kalani Sataki's greatest strength is recruiting. Right now, we don't we don't know what he can do on the field as a yeah. coach. If he can recruit better, that means your team will be better. It's it's simple. It doesn't. It's not exactly that, but it starts there. You're going to be as good as your talent is. When you look at what Dave Rose has done in going to the NCAA tournament in basketball more times than not, that starts to set a precedent, not only within the program, but in the minds of the committee. When you're constantly making that jump to the NCAA tournament, if you turn out to be kind of right on the bubble, a lot of times you're going to get the benefit of the doubt because you've proven in the past that you can make it to that level. And I think it's the same way here. If you've got athletes that can make it to the next level and have success when they get there, that then the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA, whatever the case is, whatever that next level is, they look at the BYU program and say, hey, we need to maybe pay a little bit more attention or give these guys the benefit of the doubt because look at the type of talent that's coming into our league from their school. Yeah, Gonzaga, Butler, VCU, those kind of programs, yeah, do that. Which brings me to this, too. BYU has had great success the last couple of years putting guys that didn't get drafted into the NFL. Daniel Sorensen is a safety in the NFL. My Kansas City Chiefs. For your Kansas City Chiefs. He was an undrafted free agent. Alani Fu was on the 53 all year. Robertson Daniel got onto the playoff roster for the Packers against the Cardinals. So the question there is, was BYU staff not developing them to the degree that they weren't drafted? Or were they never going to be drafted 
but they developed them into free agents. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I can't answer that. I don't even have a strong opinion on that one. But BYU is getting guys into the league. I think that the next step is through the draft. Yeah, and, and I really believe that Bronson Kafusi is that next guy. You know, we talked about Ziggy Ansa and how, you know... The outlier pro- of yes, outliers. Th- but he's, he's the all-pro, <laughs> and he's had success right from the get-go. I think Bronson Kafusi can do that. I think, and again, so much depends on where you go and who you go with, but I, I just look at this as an opportunity for him, and I know it's, it's a show for another day, but I, I do believe... Maybe tomorrow, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I do believe that, that we're going to start to see an influx of BYU players making it to the NFL. I really believe that over the next couple of years you're going to see that, and maybe even in college basketball as well with the BYU basketball team. And a lot of these guys will be in action September 3rd in Arizona. Countdown to the Wildcats. 138. I think I like it when I'm really bored. I think that's what it boils yeah, down to. Yeah, you're just like looking, just looking into nothingness, just saying it, going through the motions. There's value in just doing that over nothing. <laughs> like, it's like, just do, sitting I, there. do I have real intent, nothing wavering? <laughs> no, but here we are. What do oh, you think? Man. Our Twitter question, why or why isn't BYU player success at the next level Important to BYU Athletics. Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Laser Sheep, an elite BYU Sports Nation fan. For BYU to remain what it is, it is not important. The success helps, but it's not absolutely necessary. No, it's, it's not. And that's why we said it's not top priority, but it's but one of those things But I don't, don't want to that... be Bethune-Cookman. I want to be <laughs> BYU. I want pro guys and, and girls, as we'll talk to... Lexi Rydolch coming up. JK16 says, it's so important because it's the gauge of a successful program. No pros, you must not be very good. There's something to that, although I think you can be a good basketball program with a lot of, without a lot of pros. Like, Gonzaga hasn't put a lot of pros out there, yet they've been to the tourney and been the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. So I think it helps. I think the NFL, where the, this is a football school and basketball school, and there are a lot of sports here, but, mo- but football is the emphasis, that you need those, you need those people. So keep the tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. More coming up on that subject and others. Coming up, Scott Sterling on how much facial uh, reconstructive (laughs) surgery he's had after the volleyball game, and Lucas Slave from the men's volleyball team. But first, the newest member of the Seattle Storm, Lexi Rydolch, joins us in studio. Will she be in the X-Men movie since she's with the Storm? Question mark. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Follow at BYU Sports Nation as Absolutely. Well. Softball playing at Utah Valley on Wednesday. That game getting underway at 5 p.m. Eastern time. It can be heard on BYU Radio. Why or why isn't BYU player success at the next level important to BYU Athletics at PPD52? Obviously, recruits want to go somewhere that will prepare them for the next level. Yeah, I, I feel that way too. Not all athletes come to BYU expecting to play in the pros, but there, there are those that are really good that actually make it. One of those is in studio with us now. Her name's Lexi Rydolch, the newest member of the Seattle Storm. Lexi, congratulations on that. Thanks so much. Very yeah, exciting. exciting. Uh, third, third round draft pick uh, to the Storm. When, when do you take off uh, for Seattle? Um, in about an hour, I'm heading up to really? the In an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Snuck us in, wow. which, yep. is, which is awesome. Yep. What's, what's that like to start that process of becoming a pro basketball player? 
It's very exciting, and um, a lot of it is all at once. It starts up really quick, so training camp starts next week, so I'm heading up there to do some workouts and try and try and uh, settle in there and get a feel for things, but it's a very exciting process. Let's ask you the, the Twitter question, because this is something that obviously was a goal of yours to make it to the next level, yeah. and you were able to do that at BYU, and we've, there's been people before you that have done the same. How important do you think it is for BYU athletics to have players be able to make it to that next level? Um, I think it's, I think I, I saw one answer that talked about recruiting. I think it's big because a lot of athletes want to be successful at that next level. And so when you can say, yeah, we've gotten players at the next level, that's big for a recruit. Um, but I mean, obviously it doesn't impact the immediate success of the program, I guess. But um, I think it's a big deal for players that want to aspire to bigger things. Yeah, it seems like if you have pro-type players in the program, the, the level of play would increase naturally, right? right? Yeah. Yet it's not everything, right? especially at a place like this where mm-hmm. sports is big, but it's not the number one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously it helps um, to have pro players on your college team um, skill level-wise, but then there's also other factors that are team chemistry and style of play and matchups, um, but... But um, like I said, I think it's a big deal for to be able to say, yeah, we can help you reach your dreams. Well, now you can say that you're a member of the Seattle Storm. Take us back to the day that you were drafted. <laughs> Where were you and how did you find out that this was all happening? <laughs> um, so I was at my house in Mapleton with my family and with the Wright Ops family. And we uh, just watched it on our big screen downstairs, had some pizza. And and uh, it was Definitely a roller coaster ride of emotions because um, the draft is definitely unexpected. Things go differently as as planned, as your your agent is telling you, and and coaches pick different players, and so um, it was an interesting experience for sure. Did you expect to go earlier, or did, was third round about where you thought? I'll be honest, I was expecting to go earlier just because of what all of the coaches were telling my agent and. Um, but then you learn that lots of coaches say things and things change, (laughs) (laughs) things change. And that's not a knock on, on their word or anything, but it's just things happen on that day and it's a crazy day. And so, um, and that's not to say I'm not excited to go to Seattle. I, I'm absolutely ecstatic to go there and um, feel really good about the coaches and I'm, I'm excited to play for them. It's one thing for this to be a dream and something that you want. And then there's another thing for it to be a reality. Mm -hmm. Now that it's a reality, what does that feel like? Um, it's pretty awesome, just because it's it's kind of been in the back of my mind since um, high school. I've thought, oh, maybe I should go for it. And then when I came to college and I and I realized how good I could be, I, I really made it a goal. And so it's pretty exciting for it to all come to reality. Lexi Radalch is on BYU Sports Nation, West Coast Conference Player of the Year, All-American, and now a Seattle uh, Storm member of that team. And you, you start play just here in a couple of weeks, right? It's going to be a quick turnaround. Yeah, it comes really fast. Yep, in a couple of weeks they have first preseason game. So it's exciting. We need a Ride Ulch Seattle Storm jersey, I think, in the studio. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have to figure out how to get that. That would be awesome. Uh, do you have any connection to Seattle? You know anyone there? Have you been there? I've been there. Yeah, we've played there, uh, a couple of the Washington schools. So um, I love it there. Um, I'm really excited about the sports atmosphere up there. There's a lot of great teams. I love the Mariners. Yes. So, yeah. I'm going to see a Mariners <laughs> game. Tickets. I'll go see the Storm play as well. It'll be awesome. It's yeah. awesome. So what have the Storm coaches talked to you about? I mean, what, what did they say they liked about your game? What are they looking for you to do with the team? What have those conversations been like? 
Um, it was great to talk to Coach Jenny. She um, she told me that she had been watching me for years, um, just because I pl- we played up in Gonzaga. I was right in her in their backyard, and um, she's good friends with Kelly Graves. So she she talked to me about how she likes my work ethic and how how um, I'm I'm athletic and I can score in a, in a myriad of ways. Um, she thinks I have a good skill set, and um, she's uh, she told me that I need to come into training camp with the mindset that I belong and that um, I need to be respectful, but I need to come in and just compete and be myself, which I think is fantastic advice um, because it's it's cutthroat in the WNBA, and just because you get drafted doesn't mean you're on the team. They make cuts from the roster at the end of training camp so I I just plan on going in there taking her advice and competing and being myself 18.6 shots per game last year are, are you ready to potentially shoot less than that <laughs> <laughs> yes I am just looking forward to proving myself and um and helping the team in any way that I can and I I realize that there's a lot of number one draft picks on the team and um, I'm just going to have to find a way to fit in and do the best that I can to help the team in any way. What was Coach Judkins' reaction when all this happened? What, what was that conversation like with <laughs> that you? That was the reaction. <laughs> Every time the Jenny voice comes out. <laughs> Did he react? Was Was he happier for that than the NCAA tournament selection? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good comparison. I would say he was happier. Um, he was a little bit more prepared for it, I guess. But um, he called me up right after and left me a voicemail and told me that he was really excited for me. Um, told me all my hard work had paid off and he was he was proud of me have you talked to jen hampson at all about playing in the wnba what that is like since you played with the sparks last year yeah i have um we've messaged a few times on uh on facebook and she's in russia yeah russia Uh uh-huh yep she's had a good time um she's said she's learned a lot and i kind of talked to her a little bit when i was going through the process of picking an agent and asked her what kind of things she looked for and asked her about her agent and things um and she gave me some good advice and uh, help me get a good feel for the professional. Show me world. the money. You want you want that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now your, your husband Trevor is is actually just sitting off camera over here. W- yep. What does uh, what does hubby think about all this? <laughs> he is very excited. Um, a lot of people don't know Trevor, but he he's a, the perfect guy behind the scenes uh, to be a support. Um, he's taking all, all of his finals right now, and then um, gonna move our stuff out of a, our apartment, kind of hold things down, and then travel travel up to Seattle to support me up there. You cool with this, Trevor? All this? Yeah. <laughs> he says, "Oh yeah, yeah." <laughs> How many finals do you have left? Just one. He has just one left, so that's good news. As finals <laughs> week continue, where, where are you in school? Um, I'm done. You're yeah, done. I graduated last semester. So. Oh, so what did you do this semester? Because you have to take classes, right? Yeah, I just took three classes that I could just. Uh, I don't know. Just hang Excel out. Excelling. What, what, yeah. what classes? <laughs> yes. Um, Beginning family? basketball? <laughs> basketball. Layoffs. Come on. Uh, family finance, which was a good practical class. And mm-hmm. then I took interior design for fun. Um, and then a Book of Mormon principles class. So Yeah, that sounds like the easiest semester of all time. Except for my <laughs> last semester, which I've said on the show was uh, intermediate basketball. Me and Russ Tialave, I just played hoops. It was awesome. And then uh, social or ballroom Social dance? Social dance. That sounds a lot easier I was hoping than mine. that would reap more benefits, <laughs> but it did not. Can you Bummer. still do the moves now? No. Oh, no. My Cuban action is terrible in the cha <laughs> It's awful. Lexi Radolch is on BYU Sports Nation. Your sister Liz uh, is going to play here this fall for BYU, mm-hmm. yet she tore her ACL, I think, late in the season, right? How's she doing with that? 
She's doing great. In fact, we're having to uh, kind of pull back the reins on her because she's just ready to get going. She's pushing herself to the limit, probably to a fault right now. She's trying to figure out where her, her limits are in, in rehab, but she is ready to go. She's really excited about um, this team next year with BYU and excited to see what she can do. What do you expect from this year's team? Because not only did they lose you, but, but Kylie Maeda is, mm-hmm. is gone. So with what's coming back and, and some new players coming in, one of which being your sister, obviously, what are expectations, do you think? What's reality for this team coming back next year? I think a big thing for them is, is going to be uh, what's their identity this year and who's going to be the, the leader. And I think if they can figure that out, then um, it's a lot easier to mesh. They know exactly what the roles are. And um, and I think that they can do some good things. At the uh, when the dust settled, what what was what were some of your favorite parts about last year's season? It's weird to say last year. Already. Yeah, it yeah, is weird. Yeah. Um, I would say the regular season conference championship. Um, we hadn't done that, so that was really special. Um, and then just just making memories with all of my my friends on the team. It was it was a fun group of girls that we had. We always had a great time. So. Um, you always remember the wins, of course, but the relationships are, are what matter. What's the number one thing you're looking forward to about being part of the WNBA? I think um, I'm going to really like playing with great players. Um, I mean, I got a little taste of it at the combine that I went to, and it's just so fun to play with with so many great players and the style of play is is really up tempo and and athletic and and I loved it um when I got a little taste of it so I'm looking forward to learning from some great players and and playing in a fun style of play what concerns you <laughs> um you about know the next step whether it's on or off the court because this is a new chapter in your life right, right it is yeah. new there there are definitely concerns but I think you have to you have to get rid of those. You, you can't have time. You don't have time to worry. And nobody got time for that. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you got to get rid of those and just go in with the mentality that you're just going to compete and control what you can control and uh, let the rest happen. Okay. You didn't answer the question, and that was probably a good thing. <laughs> Lexi Reynolds, uh, Seattle Storm, congratulations on the draft pick. and. We'll uh, be watching the storm this summer. Yeah, yeah don't forget so. us, little people. Oh come on, I can never forget you guys. <laughs> Brian Logan, what? Oh yeah, okay. Lexi, appreciate the time. Thanks, Thanks so much. Check her out with the Seattle Storm. They begin playing just a couple of weeks uh, in the WNBA. So BYU will have Jennifer Hampson and Lexi in the league. Coming up, the man, the myth, the legend, Scott Sterling. But first, Lucas Labe on his red card Saturday. What? And how BYU gets through UC Santa Barbara this Thursday. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, Jeremy Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Everywhere. Men's volleyball hosting UC Santa Barbara on Thursday in the semifinals of the MPSF tournament. That uh, match getting underway 9.30 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We've got assistant... Uh, Volleyball coach Lucas Slave joining us coming up in just a second. And before that match, 7 Eastern time on BYUtv.org. If you want to watch the first semifinal, you can webcast uh, only uh, UCLA and Long Beach State. So you can check that out. 21st ranked baseball loss Friday and one Saturday as we open up BYU Sports Nation headlines again. The Cougars lost the series 2-1 but one Saturday. So the Cougars are tied for the top spot in the conference with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. 
feels like men's basketball a little bit, those, those big three. They will keep the mustaches despite losing the series, which the is news. Hashtag mustache mafia lives. Yes, we need a t-shirt in here. <laughs> Absolutely. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Bronson Kafusi as a first-round draft pick in his latest mock draft. Kafusi's projected as the 31st overall pick to the Denver Broncos. Kyle Collinsworth finished the Portsmouth Invitational averaging 4.8 rebounds and 2 assists. Next up for Collinsworth will be the NBA Draft Combine on May 11th. We're now joined by Lucas Slabe, as mentioned, an assistant coach with the top-ranked BYU men's volleyball team who beat UC Irvine Saturday in three sets to advance to the semifinals. Welcome back to Studio B. Thank you for having me, guys. It's a uh, pleasure. UC Irvine, that, w- that was a tough eight seed to kind of battle in that quarterfinal, yet the team uh, played a good match. I didn't, I didn't think the team passed very well, but, but hit over 400. What did you think of that match? Uh, yeah, you never want to play UCI when it comes down to playoffs or do or die situations because they're physical they're a good volleyball team they're uh they won i think so last year's uh, mpsf so uh you know despite some injuries early in the season they came back they played they played hard but we were better and uh they put lots of pressure on uh, our passers uh with their serves but still we're not happy where, where we are passing but you know luckily we're still physical enough and good enough to take tons of good swings and uh, being able to uh, hit high numbers uh, what keeps us alive but we know you know there's going to be a day or an evening where somebody's going to take care of business and stop our offense and we're going to be in trouble so we got to keep uh making uh strides big strides and being better at serve and receive game now you ended up getting a red card in the match yeah. and I, I didn't first, know till after the yeah. match that it was you and not Sean Olsted. <laughs> well, yeah. I talked to a lot of people, didn't even know you could get red cards in volleyball. Oh, so, yeah. so what happened? So uh, there was a play in game two. Uh, there were four touches. We hit the ball, and the right-back defensive player touches the ball, and middle block, middle-back player touches the ball. But it happened really fast, and then somebody sets and they hit the ball. It was four touches. And uh, I was telling referee that he's wrong just by showing him my fingers, one, two, three, four. And, and then there were four game, fingers, to be yeah, clear. Yeah, it was yes. four fingers, yes. So, uh, and they were in particular order. So, you know, <laughs> there, was no, there was no error on that part. And uh, after the game two, I passed by him, and I'm like, hey, there was one, two, three, four, and I explained the situation. He was not really happy with that. Uh, according to people, they told me he was really upset when I walked by. And in game three, uh, there was a touch situation. We hit the ball out, but the head the, – the, Referee should always check with every linesman if there is anything going on. And there were four, not two in this yes, one. Yes, and eyes. two of them, they showed there was a touch, and he didn't check. He made a decision. He took a decision right away. And uh, I, I was like, hey, maybe there was a touch. And without even warning, usually you go yellow card yeah. first, and then red. He gave me a red card right away. So what he did, he exercised his right to uh, reward me with a red card. Fine by <laughs> me, you know. We still win the match. And the thing is, you know, I've been head coach for years and you learn when and how to put pressure on certain referees because there's referees they're going to they're going to give you points if you push them hard and there're going to be referees that're going to come after you and uh, sometimes you got to do it and sometimes you you know you gain sometimes you lose you know? now for those that don't it's not like soccer where you, you you're going to have to miss the match this is just one point for the opposition right so it's one point for the opposition yellow card is warning red card is a point if they if the referee shows you yellow and red card in the same hand you're out for the game if he shows cards separately in each hand you're out for the match oh so it hasn't happened yet Hmm. I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. And I, we hadn't seen a red card in a yeah. while, so it was actually yeah. kind of fun to actually yeah. <laughs> have one again. There we go. In the Smithfield House. Lucas Slabe, assist coach for men's volleyball, is on BYU Sports Nation. Now you have UC Santa Barbara. 
who has been playing really well. They beat Stanford uh, last Saturday and then and then Saturday back again. To back, yeah. Um, so they they're a challenge. You beat them twice in sweet fashion at home. But it's been a little while, so what do you think of the Gauchos? I've studied both matches again last night, uh, and uh, even though we swept them both nights, it was really close. It came down to a couple of their errors and to a couple of our spectacular plays. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. These guys have been winning lately. They took out Stanford twice, a uh, team that could easily go all the way and win the title. So it's going to be a tough, tough matchup for us. we got to prepare well. We have enough time, and we just got to take care of business. I know the goal is to always be playing your best at this point in the season. Do you believe that the team is doing that? Uh, I'm never happy. So I wish, especially in our serve and pass game, to be a little bit better, to put up a little bit better numbers. Um, If we can just maintain our offense and block defense, uh, I'm going to be happy. Uh, I think that can win for us, but it's going to come down again. Can we serve better and can we bring that balls closer to the net for for our setters to run our offense so uh, we're not there yet how long do you enjoy a win you know saturday evening i walked up to my uh, office and i was copying santa barbara matches to my computer already so that was about it you know <laughs> so the walk up there was the time that you enjoyed yeah it? no i don't know, know. <laughs> <laughs> lucas slave is on BYU sports nation the development of a lot of guys on the team has been um, eye-opening, it, especially a guy like Jake Langlois. What has he done to make the leap from high school golfer, goes on a mission that never played, to first-team all-conference as a junior? Yeah, you know, Jake has a big body. That was the first thing I've noticed when I was watching before coming to BYU. I was watching old tapes, old videos. 6'10". Yeah, he has a big body and a, a good potential to develop. And he took a, a few large strides in the last few few months. Uh, but, uh, but the biggest difference that I've noticed uh, without talking about volleyball fundamentals is about uh, him understanding what we want from him. And the psychological change, you know, you got to, we tell you how to do and you should execute it. There's no debate about that. And that's for me, the biggest change. Now he's coachable. He listens, he appreciates. I'm not saying he didn't appreciate in the past, but he's listening and trying to make a change. I think that's, that's what's been very like, that's been an upside for him uh, in the last few months, you know, so. That's a big deal for players, you know. Who do you think has made the biggest strides from the beginning of the season to now? I think as a whole, as a group, uh, we've we've improved quite a lot. But, you know, I think Leo's doing a pretty good job, you know. He earned his starting, you know, job, and he's been leading this team pretty well. And there is, you know, Sykes not getting any reps in fall. You know, it, it hasn't been told yet, but he torn his ACL and he was clear to actually join the team to full practice late December. So zero reps for him in fall, and that's huge. And uh, I think Sykes is getting better, and Brandon, and there's every single guy on the court that is getting better at something. So as a group, uh, we're getting better. For me, I've never, I never like to use language and point out guys, you know. But yeah, Jake took some strides. Leo is running our offense pretty well, uh, but we need to get much better uh, to achieve more than just winning the MPSF quarterfinals. Yep, and that's coming up Thursday night, 9.30 Eastern time. BYU wins that. They'll play in the championship uh, Saturday night, and then the NCAA tournament is a about a week and a half after that at Penn State. I've been uh, impressed by how focused the guys have been able to stay this year. 
Um, because I mentioned last week, like, oh, you can win the, uh, you know, two weeks ago. Hey, the regular season title. You got, and you said to me, listen, we don't care about that. We care about NCAA championships. So how have you been able to maintain that focus with the team? And avoid my comments. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think uh, very often team reflects off, is a reflection of coaching staff. Uh, if we preach things like, oh, now we have accomplished this and now we secure this, that's the mindset we're going to have. But if we just don't worry about it, just next game, next practice, next play, and if you do that for a long enough period of time, eventually it happens. You know, guys get that same focus. They buy into what we're preaching, and that's what we've been doing. We know we were just focused about next practice, next play, and the next opponent, not even Friday, Saturday, just Friday first, and let's move to Saturday later. So that's how we live our lives. That's how we run our job. And guys, I guess, they they soaked it up, and here we are. Okay. Check them out Thursday night against UCSB, 930 Eastern Time. Luca, we appreciate the time, man. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thank I you. think we have a new flag. Do you mind signing that? Yeah, we, we haven't. It's a new one. So you, you signed the old one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Awesome. There Plus, BYU Sports Nation comments for right Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere you want. Yep. Coming up, one is the loneliest number, two tickets to paradise, three times lady, forever young. Scott Sterling, Matt Meese joins us next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. Remember, if you missed the show live, don't worry. BYU Sports Nation is rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern Time. Baseball returns home for a three-game series versus Creighton on Friday and then a doubleheader on Saturday. Friday's first pitch will be at 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Let's welcome in Matt Meese, a.k.a. Scott Sterling of Studio C. Welcome back to Studio B, Matt. Thank you. It's good to be back. Now, the last time we chatted, Scott Sterling had made uh, you know huge waves uh, with the soccer version. Yeah, and you had kind of teased us that you were working on something. Yeah. Now we've seen it with volleyball. Why? Why volleyball? Well, uh, that's a good question because we debated whether or not to do soccer again, and sequels are always tricky anyway because there's a certain level of expectation now that you've set and. You know, no matter what you do, it's never going to be the first one, you know, that kind of thing. And so I just thought volleyball just makes it automatically seem like a fresher idea. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, you know what's going to happen to Scott, right? You know, <laughs> like we know what's coming. So we need to keep things as like different or new as possible. So, yeah, that's why we went with volleyball. Also, because that's one of the few sports where you can get hit by something and not have the play end, <laughs> yeah, you know? That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. When you do something as big as the soccer one, and you you have an idea to do it again, even knowing that the first one was so huge, I've got to imagine your mind is blown with how big this second one has gotten. What has been the reaction to this? Well, uh, it's really cool because the first one, you know, people were like, oh, you got to see this sort of thing. Um, And Jeremy and I, we were just talking about this, but the second one was more about like, oh, he's back. And it was really cool to have that many people feel that way about Scott Sterling. It's like, oh, they remember him and they love him. And, you know, it's, that's nice. That was, that was really cool. I, I, I want to ask you this because this happened in my home. So I've got four kids and my two little ones, five and three. Uh, my son, Bo, uh, hit my three-year-old daughter, Bro- or, uh, Audrey, in the face. Uh-huh. And my wife said, Bo, what are you doing? 
And he's like, I'm playing Studio C. <laughs> so I want to know how many stories like that do you get now? Uh, well, I don't get a lot, but that doesn't okay, so mean I don't think family. they happen a lot. The no, legal, I'm sure they the happen. The legal team is receiving such requests. Yeah, my legal response is, I'm unaware that this happens at all. Uh, certainly not our intent. Um, that's unfortunate. Matt Meese, a.k.a. Scott Sterling, is on BYU Sports Nation. I, I knew this the second one was going to be big, and I, I knew you guys had shot a volleyball one you know, a couple months ago and, yeah. and released it a couple weeks ago. Uh, let's talk about the numbers, by the way. Uh, soccer has 41 million views. That's just from the Studio C version. There are those that have ripped it off and yeah. played it, right? Yeah. Um, the volleyball gets up to 12 already, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just getting going, I think. Um, what do you think of those numbers? Uh, well, we're really happy about that. I, I remember I told everyone the day it came out, you know, just the rest of the cast and our producer, Jared, I said, just, just keep your expectations low. <laughs> it's not going to be what the first one was. If we get a few million, that'll be really good. Uh, but this was our fastest video to get to a million. I think it made it in 20 hours uh, is, is the report. And so we were really excited because there was a lot of people that just posted it, a lot of you know big entities like ESPN or uh, Sports Illustrated that just they just found it and, and posted it. We didn't like, hey, would you – we'll pay you to do this. They just did it. <laughs> yeah. And so it was really cool. How long does it take to actually shoot something like this? And then maybe more importantly, did you actually get hit in the face with the volleyball? Yes. Um, <laughs> but do you remember all of them? <laughs> I think I do. Um, so it it only took us a regular film day, which is, I think, about 12 hours, but maybe maybe a little less even. Uh, just because it's there were so many long shots, you know, uh, especially that last rally. It's all just kind of one take, uh, which was another deliberate thing. I just wanted it to be like, wow, is that really happening? Are they really playing volleyball? And for the wide shot, we're not. We're pretending to. So we did a bunch of practice runs with an actual volleyball so everyone could kind of know where they would be and what they would do. And then we took the volleyball out and just did the same thing again. And then our graphic, graphic arts team came in and put the volleyball. But for the close-up shots, just like with the soccer one, we had to do something real so that you get that nice reverberation through the face, <laughs> you know? that's You can't fake that. Well, I, I don't know if you can, but we don't. So, <laughs> uh, so we used uh, volleyball, not unlike that, but lighter. Um, it, was, it was light enough to cause the, the you know, motion... Uh, but not heavy enough to really hurt. It stung a little. That last spike to the face where I'm being lifted up to the net, that that one stings a little. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's like, yeah, this is the one right there. That I, I felt that. <laughs> Did, yeah, do you, like, is your nose bruised uh, f- for some of those? No. I, I know there's a lot of makeup there. But... Yeah, it's all makeup. Yeah. I, it, honestly, it just stink, stinks for a moment and then... But glorious forever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Matt Meese is on uh, from Studio C is on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, is that would you possibly go for a third with Scott Sterling? Is that in discussion? I'm not ruling it out for sure. Uh, we've we've thrown around some ideas. Um, it, yeah, well, you can bet it, it won't be volleyball again, and, yeah. it, and it, I don't think it'll be soccer. So we'll see what sure. happens. But I think if it's if there is a third, it might be. Like the final one, yeah. So we'll the see. Trilogy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, but no Ewoks in this third no. edition. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's my only request. That, I'm just getting hit in the face with Ewoks. That's <laughs> the whole premise. Is is it any coincidence? You know, we in sports like to point this out. Is it any coincidence that the two most 
I think, viewed skits of all time are sports-related. Is there something to that? I Well, I, I guess we can't rule that out. So, yes, it is because of sports. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, you know, uh, obviously with the soccer one, there was that international community that loved sure. soccer, so obviously that helped it. That was well pl- Yeah, that's well played. Yeah. yeah, well, unintentionally well played. We <laughs> <laughs> After, yeah. Yeah, we posted it just thinking it would be normal, and then we're like, oh, yes, soccer's popular outside of the U.S. <laughs> Not to... <laughs> not, not to slam soccer fans inside the U.S. Soccer fans, fans. Anyway, lots so of fans that are lots fans, of yeah. lots of both. Uh, anyway, my uh, and I think that Scott Sterling too nicely rides the coattails of that. Maybe not as many volleyball fans as soccer fans, but certainly sports fans. So yeah, is it safe to say you've done a lot of things? You've done a lot of great things, and with the response to this. Are you okay if this is what you're known for? <laughs> My legacy. This is, the Alec, this is the Alec. We were talking about this. The Alec Guinness principle. So uh-huh. he's Obi-Wan Kenobi in the originals. Yeah. He had done all this other stuff, and he was kind of annoyed that that's the one thing that that's, people knew him for. That's the thing. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not bothered. Uh, I think slapstick is really funny. And, yeah, maybe it's kind of stupid. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like the commentators are really fun. You know, you got, you got really yes. fun one-liners in there too so i feel like it's a nice mixture a marriage of both intelligent and unintelligent (laughs) yeah that's half half the battle um to me in in that is that the commentators are so funny yeah i commentate on the byu men's volleyball matches no one there's no british commentators (laughs) on on english volleyball in the u.s you know what i mean yeah so what what was it like uh coming up with those lines for those guys because i imagine it didn't have to necessarily be when you shot it you could all do that in post right so uh, for the draft, I have like a bunch of options. Like, here's what we can do. These are some fun lines. But uh, just as with the soccer one, when Jason Gray and Stephen Meek get into the sound booth to record their dialogue, there's plenty of extra stuff that we need to fill. And so they just, you know, take the framework that we've created with the script, and then they just start playing within that, and they start throwing out improv lines. And some of them are just gold. Like that last line that Stephen says is totally just one that he came up with on the spot. The uh, when Armageddon comes, I want to be in a bunker made of that man's face. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I thought, yeah, that's, that's our closing line. That's, we got to have that. Oh, so. my goodness. Well, see, now, a lot of today, like movies, especially, you know, comedic movies, they'll have, you know, a, a really funny movie, but they, they'll always say, well, we couldn't even get a lot of the, the funny stuff in there. So, like, yeah. some of the, you're going to release, like, an extended cut with all of the, <laughs> the lines that maybe didn't make it in? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah, usually we're trying to fill the time because no matter what you do with these things, it just takes longer than you thought it would. And so, and I never wanted to have there be a time where the commentators weren't talking. I really wanted them to be like driving the whole thing the whole time. So uh, anytime there's not something scripted, you just, you have to come up with something. So we were, you know, I, th- I think there's not much left over. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Let's finish with this. Lucas Lobby, who was just in studio, took a picture with you yeah. uh, before he left. He just tweeted this. Just recruited Scott Sterling for fall 2016. <laughs> so Scott Sterling could be the libero at BYU next year. He, he'd have to transfer from Yale, was it? Or That's North right. Carolina? Yeah, he's, he's at Yale. He's at Yale. They just won the <laughs> national title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the last thing, UC Irvine played BYU Saturday, and two of their coaches came in and asked uh, members of our crew, will Scott Sterling be here? So they, really? they, they're they aware. They yeah, have watched it and they were great. wondering. And the answer was no, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind signing our flag? 
I would love you, to sign. You can flag. sign at as Matt Meese and throw Scott Sterling's signature in there too. Maybe he, maybe the character has a different signature. I don't know. I, you know, I've you never haven't explored, <laughs> it. Oh, <laughs> explored yeah. it. Maybe he's left-handed. I need to practice that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, man. thank you guys. If that. you haven't watched the skit, or if you have, just watch it again. Check it out. The volleyball skit. We've all watched it. Matt Meese, <laughs> Studio C. Every single person listening to this has probably seen it. Coming up, Kyle Collinsworth wraps up playing the Portsmouth Invitational, and rugby takes care of business. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. The top-ranked Cougars beat 14th-ranked UC Irvine in three sets on Saturday in the MPSF quarterfinals. Ben Patch and Jake Langlois combined for 27 kills in the sweep. The Cougars host UC Santa Barbara Thursday at 9.30 Eastern time on BYU TV in the semifinals. Baseball. 21st-ranked BYU lost Friday but won Saturday, losing the series 2-1. The Cougars are tied for the top spot in the conference. The Mustache Mafia did announce they will keep the stashes despite losing the series. Football. NFL.com's Chad Reuter projects Bronson Kafusi as a first-round draft pick in his latest mock draft. Kafusi is projected as the 31st overall pick by the Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos. Men's basketball. That was hard to say as a Chiefs fan, I know. Very. Kyle Collinsworth finished the Portsmouth Invitational averaging four points, eight boards, and two assists as K&D rounds finished 2-1. and one. Next up for Collinsworth, the NBA Draft Combine on May 11th. Rugby. Number one rugby beats Dartmouth 75-15 in the Boom. Varsity Cup quarterfinals. BYU will host Arkansas State in the semis on Saturday at Southfield. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Brugman went 3-4 for four with a home run for the Midland Rockhounds. Golf. Both men's and 38th-ranked women's golf compete in the WCC Championships today. Competition begins today through Wednesday at St. Mary's. Track and field. Dennis Christensen won the shot put event with a throw of 17.7 at the Beach Pacific Coast Invitation. Tennis. 61st-ranked BYU upset 56th-ranked yeah! Pepperdine 4-2 for the first time since the Cougars joined the WCC. Andre Goryechkov capitalized on the BYU Sports Nation karma, winning his doubles match with partner Shane Monroe and also winning in singles 6-1, 6-2. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays finished the RBC Heritage tied for 51st. Zach Blair competed his final round. Tied for 58. Today's Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help, that bird is not indigenous to this. <laughs> Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. It goes to men's volleyball for advancing in the sweep. Also to Scott Sterling for joining us in the studio. That was fun. Our Twitter question, why or why not isn't BYU, why or why isn't BYU player success at the next level important to BYU athletics? The elite tweet of the day is this, at Y for life. It, where's the eagle? It's the number one core value at the school north of us. We try to live up to higher standards, so need better rep. Thanks to our guests, Amen. Lexi Rydalch, Lucas Labe, and Matt Meese. That's BYU Sports Nation. For Jason, I'm Jim.